With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, welcome to Dilly Ding, Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner. Joining me again today is James the Sharp and Sharp, who have come in from the glorious weather to discuss Leicester City and all things uh, going on down the King Power Stadium with you today. Before we get underway, I'd just like to remind you, uh, beer52.com, if you head over there and you like beer and you like it free, uh, log online, uh, use the tagline Leicester to register and you can be joined eight free beers from around the world. All you got to do is pay your post in the pack and who doesn't like a beer in this sort of weather? Um, but let's get on with Leicester City. Um, some transfer news uh, this week. Um, we were expecting that Alexander Dragovic, yeah. well, we're hoping Alexander Dragovic would be um, uh, become a permanent Leicester City player after his loan from Bayer Leverkusen last season. Doesn't look like it's going to happen now. There was a, an option for um, a deal that was on the table. Doesn't look like Leicester City have picked it up. There was a few um, issues around Dragovic as well whether he wanted to make his move permanently to Leicester because of um, the way he may have felt he was treated mm-hmm. last season when he was playing well and still dropped when Wes Morgan came back from injury. Um, but understanding he really wanted to play, still wants to play in the Premier League, there's yeah. a number of clubs in for him, but it doesn't look like he's going to be ending up at Leicester City. How, how does that feel? Because he, you did the poll that um, he topped. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I put a poll together of all the players that Leicester have linked with since January, this summer, um, all those players from relegated teams that Leicester might be able to poach some people from <coughs> of all of them Dragovic came out way ahead of everyone else ahead of Johnny Evans ahead of uh, Johnny Mad- uh, James Madison ahead of Jack Grealish ahead of all these players Dragovic was the one that Leicester fans wanted to sign because they'd seen him perform so well when he had his chance at Leicester and now the, the noise is coming out that it's not going to happen I think Leicester fans will be disappointed by that because they were impressed by what they saw and I, I, I think Leicester fans will think that Leicester really got themselves to blame on this as well because of how Dragovic was, was treated um, left out of the side when he performed well Wes Morgan coming back in after injury even though Dragovic had done nothing really wrong I can't blame Dragovic um, for maybe not overly wanting to to come back because now with, with Johnny Evans signing, there's the same issue again. Would he would he get a chance if Leicester didn't if Puel didn't play three at the back? Then would he be behind Maguire and Evans possibly? So I can see why he might have reservations. But from a club's point of view, I think fans would have hoped that they got this deal done. And it does sort of leave them a bit a bit light because we were expecting a second centre back to come in, yeah. unless they're um, aiming uh, for another target that we're not aware of. And they've been linked with so many players this summer; yeah. it's been impossible to keep track of them. It's been ridiculous in in many ways. But uh, um, one, I wonder because there was some suggestion in the sources I was talking to that um, Leicester City might stick with what they've got. Now, Johan Benelawan, whether he's going to be that fourth centre half, we don't know, or whether it is now time. And Puel is this sort of manager to do this, to bring Sam Hughes through or a Josh Knight through and give them a chance, especially if he's thinking of changing his formation to three centre-backs. Possibly, I think so, because well, Sam Hughes is probably the one that you'd look at and think 
he's the next one to make the breakthrough. He was on the bench a few times at the end of the season because of injuries and, and suspensions. He's stood out the most in what has been a very successful under-23s team. Their top scorer from centre-back. He seems like one of those players who is used to playing men's football and then goes and plays the kids and it looks like an adult playing with kids. He's just he's torn it up and so he could be the one that comes. So I think that's probably a good idea to be honest. And he's in a similar mould to Harry Maguire. He can play centre midfield as well. He's good on the ball. Fits him with what Poe wants. Exactly. I mean, if they want to start bringing... I mean, why not? Why, why have to spend 15, 20 million on every player you sign? Why not look at the under-23s? They've invested a lot of money in developing the young lads. Why not bring them through and give them... If it doesn't work, have a bit of patience with them. Give them a bit of time. But I think it's. Uh, I think it I wouldn't be such a bad thing if uh, they didn't bring another centre half in no, and they had to play. Like you say, it's, it's something that well, of all the managers, you would ex- you wouldn't be surprised to see him doing because we know already how enthused he is by bringing through the youth. We've already seen it with Chowdhury and the likes, so it wouldn't be surprised to see him try and bring Hughes through as well. Um, I think fans would be happy to see him um, given a chance. I think their issues would lie. In is in, in looking at where Wes Morgan fits into that because I know a lot of fans, as much as they are, love Wes for what he's done for, for the club and for and, and for the success of recent years. They see him as on the wane and, and, and his body struggling to to keep up with the demands of the Premier League. How does he fit into that? Is he going to be the first choice reserve defender? Would they be happy with that? I'm not so sure. Well, one of the fascinating things about the pre-season is going to be how many of the under-23s are going to be involved. We're expecting a lot of them to be given a chance. I mean, uh, James Madison's come in um, that we know from Norwich City, who's good mates with George Thomas. So is George Thomas going to get more of a run now? We've talked about Hughes, Hans Chowdhury, who's going to be uh, with Madison opening the new fan store on Sunday. What sort of role is he going to have this yeah. year? Because we've got eight midfielders on the books at the moment. He looked pretty good. And Hamza did look... So, you know, if you're going to start investing a lot of money in the under-23s, you've got to have the nerve then to put them in the first team as well, I think. And Puel's shown that he's he's got that nerve. So it's going to be interesting in these pre-season games how much we see of these young lads and uh, and, and see their progress. Because there's a ceiling at that level under-23s. When you hit the ceiling, they've got to break through. Otherwise, they've got to go and leave the club and pursue their careers elsewhere. Yeah, we saw that bit with, with like Tom Lawrence, didn't we, in the... There's only so many loan spells you can get sent out on, um, and only so many times you can play in the 23s. When you get to a point for your own career, you have to play or go. Um, I think we'll see. I think it helps the fact that Leicester got so many players away on on international duty in the World Cup, which means that when they do come back for pre-season training, in terms of established first team squad members, you're going to bit shorter numbers. So it gives the chance for those under twenty threes, the youngsters, to come in, train, be training with the first team, and, and show well what what they can do ahead of the return of those players and also the start of pre season. Well, the lads are back in pre season on Monday. It soon comes around, and they'll soon be thrown into the games as well. But initially, it's just going to be the the lads that um, have not been on international duty since the end of last season that will return for the first day. The the uh, the, the the running they do on the first day, the de- yeah. testing and all that, they'll all be there on Monday. The lads that have been on the World Cup, uh, the ones that are out, and obviously there's still lads involved in the World Cup, they're obviously going to be given a lot longer off. And some of the lads that were on international duty at the end of last season but haven't gone to the World Cup, we're expecting them to be given additional time off, which includes Riyad Mahrez. I was going to say, because all, all eyes will be on whether... Yeah. Remember, was it, was it last summer where he, 
he, he walked in, into the, onto the training pitch and it looked like he had got the weight of the world on his shoulders just dragging his feet onto the training pitch. Whether he's there again, uh, he might not be because of international duty, but that's where all the eyes will be pointing. No, I'm not expecting him to be there Monday or Tuesday, so I know people might see that and see he's not in the pictures that will get uh, released and, uh, and put two and two together. The latest that we understand on Mares's situation is that it is progressing, but there isn't an, uh, an agreement reached yet. There's, it looks like it's inching closer, but it's a laborious process. And there was some suggestion in one, of the, in one report uh, from Algeria that uh, the stumbling block was that um, Riyadh wanted his loyalty bonus. Now, for those who don't know, um, all players have a loyalty bonus. So when they uh, move on or they're sold, they're given a bonus. Um, but if you slap in a transfer request, uh, you automatically um, give up that bonus. Now, Riyadh did put in a transfer request yeah. in January. He's withdrawn that transfer request. Is he entitled to a loyalty bonus? And after what he's done and achieved for the club, should they just pay him? Um, oh, I don't know if it's that simple. Um, I don't know how supporters would feel about that. I know he's done great things for the club and all that, but he's been paid healthily since he's been here. And but he has chucked in a pretty big transfer request, and just because you take it back, he took it back, and he still wants to leave anyway. He took it back. The windows closed. He couldn't go anywhere anyway. Exactly. So one, I think it's, I think it's a bit miserly. If they, also, we know that sometimes a lot of the reports that do come out of Algeria sometimes are. Yeah, we must stress that. Sometimes spurious at best. So. That should also be stressed when we, when we have this conversation. Because usually in this situation, the buying club will just pay that bonus if the, yeah. the selling club don't want to, if that's the stumbling block. So I don't think that is the actual stumbling no, block to the deal. I think it's just simply the two clubs can't agree a fee at the moment. That's my understanding yeah. of it. Man City don't want to pay what Leicester want and they'll keep saying that until it gets close to the window and eventually one team will blink first and by the start of the season, Mahrez will be wearing a lighter shade of blue. Well, you'd hope it gets sorted sooner rather than later because once Leicester City start really getting into the nitty-gritty of their pre-season because we understand they're going abroad to training camp in Austria as well. They're going to play a couple of games out there. We don't know if they're going to be official friendlies yet or not, just training games. Um, the, I mean, they've only got two pre-season games actually announced at the moment, Notts County away on the 21st and the Valencia game mm. on the 1st of August. So far, they've only got the two. Um, and once they get into the nitty-gritty of the pre-season, they don't want that hanging over them again. No, Claw's got to know he's already going to be planning for the first game of the season at Old Trafford and he's going to be planning for pre-season and he's going to be looking at his team and what who he wants and how he wants to play he needs to know whether he plans whether he makes plans that include Mahrez or that don't and I would imagine that he's planning for life without Riyadh but he needs to know because if all of a sudden the first game of the season comes around and Riyadh is still at the club and he's been planning for life without him and he's your best player how does he fit into that? We said this on previous previous podcast. Riyadh is a great player with his ears. The un- the uncertainty over his future is chaotic and can cause problems, and it needs to be sorted because the club needs to know where it is so it can move on. Absolutely. Uh, other players that have been linked with moves away, one of them has really put themselves in the shop window. I mean, they talk about the World Cup being the greatest stage of all. Yeah. Step up, Ahmed Musa, but. Nigeria has that got Leicester fans thinking because mm. he's only played yes, four appearances since Claudio Ranieri was sacked he's only made four appearances for City does he deserve another chance well Leicester fans have changed their mind if 
voters on our Mercury polls or anything to go by, and why wouldn't they be? I'm sure they're um, a diverse opinion. So we ran a, a story last month, I think, where we gave you a list of all Leicester's players in the current squad, and you had the choice of whether you want to keep them or sell them. And Musa came out second bottom in the list of players that Leicester fans wanted to keep behind only Leonardo Ijoa. It was 17% of all voters of the couple of thousand that we had wanted to keep Musa. Musa then bangs in two goals against Iceland and we run a similar poll of should Ahmed Musa be given a second chance at Leicester? 68% want him to stay now. So it's gone from 17% to 68%. And who, I mean, who said football fans were fickle? I, they were great goals though weren't they I mean the first one particularly impressed me the high ball the first touch to bring it down and then just to rebalance himself to for the finish and then the second one he goes around the keeper I thought it was an excellent goal as well I know he's got something hasn't he and we just he haven't has. seen it yeah we, we saw it in the first I tweeted about it at the time is that our first memory of watching Moose play for Leicester was when he picked the ball up against Barcelona on that halfway line dribbled past about three defenders and scored a ridiculous goal scored two that day Claudio Ranieri comes out saying this is why I've spent so much money on him this is what he can do and then last season we saw him kick the ball out of touch from two yards out and now he goes and scores two for Nigeria we have to stress as well that, that game in Stockholm as well Bartes Kapuska also looked really good that day as well when he came on <laughs> yeah. as a substitute and we never saw it, him he did really in I think well, either he gets another chance I can't imagine he will because well said last season that he would keep an eye on those players who have been pressed on loan and would bring them back if needed whether there was a recall option on Moose I can't really remember um, I still can't see him having a future here what it might mean is that I mean, Leicester always wanted to sell him but they always thought they might be able to struggle to recoup that £16 million that they spent on him if you score goals like that at the World Cup your price tag goes through the roof and you end up, Leicester will end up getting more money than they expected I imagine well, yeah, that's another one that needs to be sorted. There's a lot of work to be done down Leicester City. I mean, we're heading into pre-season now, and there's still question marks over Musa, Slomani, Ujoa, uh, Andy King. There's uh, so many players that yeah. uh, finished last season out on that. Papi Mendy, what's going to happen with pa- Papi Mendy now? Is he's, he's, he's one of Claude's men, isn't he? Is that, well, I expect him back at uh, training on Monday because he's not been involved in international. So it's going to be uh, interesting over the next few weeks how much um, work City do do on that squad to get it uh, ready because it is looking a bit flabby now isn't it there's, there's large <laughs> numbers there's large numbers yeah. of players now and they need to um, sort that out because obviously they can only can name so many in a Premier League squad yeah uh, that, that's that's the big thing they've brought three players in now which boosts the squad you look at what you mentioned the likes of Sam Hughes and, and Hamza Chabda I know youngsters can, don't have to be named within a 25 of your mm. squad but even so, there's still more options than well needs. There are a lot of players in that squad who you feel Leicester as a, as a club and what they're looking to achieve have surpassed them now. And they need, for both the club's sake and also for the players' sake, need to know what's going on with their futures. Okay, the likes of Slomani and Ujoa. So, I mean, I th- you'd imagine that those kind of jobs are, are now at the top of the in-tray ahead of signing another centre-back or signing other players Leicester start to need, need to start trimming that, that well, wage bill and also Deadwood Well, uh, to wrap it up let's talk about the World Cup because yeah. um, uh, it's been a few days now since that historic win for England Harry Maguire played Jamie Vardy came on 6-1 over Panama England's um, biggest ever victory in the World Cup finals there's a bit of euphoria building isn't there? 
Well, there was until you started. I'm playing it down. I'm playing it down. I don't want to get too carried away because I've no football. It has a habit of uh, kicking you in the never regions just when you're getting a bit carried away. And uh, I hope uh, England fans aren't getting carried away because it can soon all just collapse. I've been broken down by following England for uh, 40 years, so I I know what could be just around the corner for them. Yeah, I get that. I'm I'm excited. I mean, we've hardly had any Dawn's faults or otherwise over the last few, few tournaments. So. To see England playing so well, albeit against opposition that were more busy about wrestling you to the ground than they were playing football, that's great to see. England, win, England, whoever they're playing against, putting six past them, it doesn't happen very often. So I'm happy to get excited for now with with one eye on the future and a bit, a little bit of restraint. But the immediate reaction was, yeah, why not get excited about it? Especially with the fact that two Leicester players are in that squad as well. So. This is one of the first times I've been that excited about England, mainly because there's there's two Leicester players in there. So to see those two performing, and Maguire especially performing well, I'm happy to get behind that team. Well, we've got more Leicester players in the last 16. Ricardo Barbosa Pereira. I found out one of his middle names is Barbosa today, which amused me. I don't know why. Adrian Silva uh, as well with Portugal. Casper Schmeichel's through now. Hopefully Shinji in Japan will yeah. get through as well. Unfortunately, the Nigerian, the Nigerian boys, boys are out, so um, and Johan's out as well. So potentially still six yeah. involved. It keeps it interesting. Doesn't it def- it? does definitely. I mean, Silva performed well for Portugal. Over hundred passes. Yeah, first Portuguese player ever to do that at a World Cup. Shows how he could fit into Puel's style of looking to keep the ball. That's that's encouraging for the future for Leicester. Casper. Uh, he's been performing well getting annoyed about questions about his dad again as he always does um, but no he's doing he's doing well he's doing Leicester proud he's doing himself proud Denmark are, are I think a bit of a dark horse in this competition it's good to see it's good to see Leicester fans uh, Leicester players doing it on the biggest stage because it makes you feel like a bit like a proud parent really like, you, like just seeing your Leicester boys doing it on the top stage uh, one last thing we haven't discussed today yeah. is the um, planning application oh, yeah. that has gone in for the new training ground um, at Charnwood. Um, we've been looking at the images today. It looks pretty impressive, doesn't it? I mean, it looks space age. It does very, it's, very Star Wars esque. Yeah, it? exactly. It looks, uh, it looks amazing. And uh, I mean, I like the idea of a tranquil garden for the players to relax in and unwind. Yeah, inspired by Martin Allen's flower bed, isn't it? Probably. Yeah, <laughs> but he used to plant his own flowers at Beaver Drive. That, that, that looks all. It looks positive. it looks awesome, doesn't it? I know they're only like concept designs at the minute, but even so, they look seriously special. I know Beaver Drive has, has done Leicester so well over the years, and we've all been down there to do media days and see see them doing bits of bobs and training, and it's been uh, kind of stalwart of Leicester City over the past what, half a half a century, but. This new place looks phenomenal and is just what Leicester, Leicester owners want to take Leicester into, into the next, up to another echelon of, of size of club. Golf course there for the players. Have take your clubs next time we have a press conference. Yes, exactly, if we're allowed on. Mm. Um, but yeah, it looks superb and again is another marker of showing where Leicester are going as a club and the vision that the owners have for the club. And it's great to see, and we're all looking forward to seeing it completed. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. Um, join us again on the next um, edition of Dilly Dingley Don, where we'll be reflecting, hopefully, on England's victory over Belgium and, and assessing uh, the start of pre-season training for Leicester City. Thank you for joining us. See you again next time.